welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. We've all been staying at home more often, relying on delivery services for the things we need. Have you thought about how your packages and your groceries get to you, despite the lockdown, despite the grounding of flights, whether domestic or international? After several months, the coronavirus pandemic is still wreaking havoc on supply chains. And in this episode, reporter RJ Blinbin speaks with a veteran of the freight forwarding industry. Rosemary Rafael, chair and president of Express Courier Company Airspeed Philippines, has been in the business of moving goods for more than 30 years. She describes the impact of the pandemic on the freight forwarding industry, as well as its new ecosystem, how it's more competitive since there are more players, and she also shares what kind of technology logistics providers are using to make sure that your stuff is delivered to you safely. Ms. Rafael, if we look around, the pandemic situation appears to be a bonanza for courier services as people are forced to stay indoors, which of course results in an increase in online shopping activities. But then, there are also coronavirus-related expenses on the part of delivery firms. So is the industry really making a lot of money during this crisis? It is really dependent on the type of commodities or industries that the logistics provider is focused on. Logistics industry is really one of the moving and critical businesses, regardless of the economic situation. And the demand for the movement of goods and supplies remains to be there. But some of our clients, as you know, have decreased volumes and runs, which affect their businesses too. Like in our case, majority of our business is really the retailers. And as you know, because of the lockdown, retailers have closed. So we had to make a shift right away and pivoted right away to handle and take care of what is relevant. So that is the movement of essentials and pharma. And we were able to charter flight once a week to Cebu and Davao and back for three months since lockdown. We were not even planning to do that, but it just so happened that I planned for one particular charter, not knowing that there's going to be a lockdown. So we were like blessed enough to be able to run that charter and fill it up because there was really a need since there were no other aircrafts or airplanes flying during the time. So the other focus there is the food delivery. As you know, this is the most popular thing, you know, food delivery because nobody could go out or even the grocery delivery. So I must say that the food delivery aggregators or the on-demand delivery were the ones who were doing well during this time. Those are the ones who are in the traditional forward. They probably are having a hard time due to the lack of airlines flying in and out, limiting capacity. So what do we have to do in the industry? We just have to do what we need to do and what we know best, and that is to deliver wherever we can, even when there are restrictions and prohibitions in entering some villages or some areas. During this ECQ, I'm sure that, you know, most of us in the industry have provided definitely for face masks, for vitamin C, for face shields, alcohol, disinfectant, and even meals or even shuttling our employees from their homes to the office. But these are not part of our budget. 
and we have not really accounted for all of this, but these are necessary things that we have to do. So in Airspeed, we have experienced different challenges during EDSA, people power, recession, and all that for 35 years. And we know that this is temporary and we just have to stay strong. I think the number of players in the market has increased, especially that they saw the potential of this business during the pandemic. How do you describe now the kind of competition among existing couriers in the Philippines in light of the crisis? Let's talk about the last mile delivery. Okay, This is the one thing that's really relevant. That is correct, RJ. It's very correct. There are new players, big and small. Some companies are big coming from international, like Singapore or China. The playing field, though, is big, but it is important to do it right. There are price wars happening because of some companies wanting to have a share of the market. But to me, it will not last. At the end of the day, we still have to make sure that the operational excellence is there. And that cannot be supported if we do not price our service right. The big ones, for example, during the start of pandemic, they were not able to do much because the movements were more essentials. The big ones were moving e-commerce. They were moving like institutional mailers and all. And those type of commodities stopped moving during the first month or two of the pandemic. But right now, everything is going on. Uh, E-commerce is there. The non-essentials are moving. There may be some restrictions in some areas, but there are movements. Ms. Rafael, most delivery firms have adopted some innovations to limit physical contact with customers. What has been the most common technology adopted by many delivery firms during the pandemic and what other innovations are emerging? There are several innovations being done right now, such as the contactless payments where customers pay online, make a transfer to the bank or use GCash or GrabPay. It's easier now to transfer from bank to bank. So it's basically what we would like to encourage the customers for their protection and also for the protection of our couriers. We also promote the pickup and drop off, what we call PUDO, in some selected locations. So we have a partnership with Emily Willier where you can drop off or pick up items of customers in their more than 1,000 locations. We also have what we call buy online, pick up in store, which is called BOPIS, or buy online, pick up at curbside, which is BOPA. So these are the new terms that's coming out in the next new. Um, with these two terms, we partnered with SMOs and we have kiosks or they also have some areas where by the entrance or by curbside where we can receive items for pickup or drop off by customers. Because as you know, some customers are not comfortable to enter the malls. So as we go through this journey, we would like to encourage them that they can still buy online, they can still do click and collect and pick it up either in those locations or in the locations where I mentioned. Ms. Rafael, now let's talk about leadership. Your leadership. As a female business leader, how are you feeling the impact of the pandemic? In what unique ways are women leaders like you impacted by the coronavirus as compared to male leaders? There is really not much difference as I'm sure that everyone got surprised with the lockdown. 
Although I believe that the difference here is how quick or how agile are we going to be. As a woman, because, you know, women are looked at as more emotional, more with feelings and all. I got stunned. I really got shocked. In fact, I was thinking, what can happen? How long will this be? In my mind during that time, okay, this is going to be lasting only for a month or two. But it lasted way more than that. But the thing is, I got stunned because I didn't know what lies ahead. But I needed to see what we have and what we can give. We needed to make quick decisions to shift. And that's why I mentioned earlier that we shifted right away from non-essentials to essentials and to doing what is relevant. So we were able to do regular air charters. We were able to do something that we were not into. We were able to innovate. We became creative. And I think one of the things that made me that way is because of the number of employees and stakeholders that we have in the company. And I thought of what can happen. As you know, it's like women are usually like mothers and they think of the whole situation. So that really actually moved me to do what we are doing right now. Was it scary? Yes, of course. It was scary because we were not sure. Nothing was sure at the time. We didn't know. And it was a change that we had to do that we were not familiar. As I said, it's like uncharted waters and we just had to do it. And I am so happy that we were able to do it because really and truly, RJ, I believe that when you communicate well with your people and they know that your heart is in the business, your heart is where it is and where it should be, then they will support you and they will collaborate with you. And not only them, but even your shareholders or stakeholders, suppliers, and even your customers. Because we were all in the same boat. So we were able to serve a niche that was not fully served at that time. And that helped us a lot to be where we are right now. You said a while ago that, oh, delivery is really good. And maybe the logistics company is really making it very well right now. Not for all, not for all. Basically, it depends on the niche that they serve and maybe for the last mile delivery. But for those traditional companies who are dependent on import-export because that has gone down, or even those companies who are serving industries that are not there anymore, then that's going to be difficult because as a service provider, we are also dependent on the companies or the customers and the industries that we serve. Some observers are saying the demand the industry currently enjoys is just temporary and it will start to go back to the pre-COVID levels once a vaccine is discovered. Our delivery firm is somewhat cautious about making huge investments to accelerate their nationwide or global expansion as a result of this risk. It will be there to stay. Whether it's going to increase or not is something that we're not sure of. But one thing that I know it's going to be there to stay, online shopping will be there. It's the next new normal. And when there is online shopping, there is going to be delivery. 
So in terms of accepting signatures as proof of delivery to minimize contact, most of the last mile delivery that we have for customers are already accepting like we just take a picture of what we have delivered or we do the e-signatures through mobile pads. But with institutional accounts, when we deliver, they really need actual signatures because it's a B2B. It's like a business-to-business transaction. So with that, probably we just have to come up with the correct protocols wherein we use our own pens and we don't use their pens and we encourage them to have their own pens and not to share in terms of signing the proof of delivery. So there are many ways of coming up with a contactless delivery, which we are, of course, improving at this point. What we used to do before is now being transformed to something else, wherein technology is really needed so that track and tracing of the deliveries is intact without having to do any manual work. So this is what we are improving on right now. The Philippine economy shrank a record 16.5% in the second quarter of the year, plunging into a recession for the first time in nearly three decades. How is this going to affect the freight forwarding industry in terms of revenues moving forward? And what steps can the industry take to help the, the country recover from the crisis? We will definitely have a comeback. It's not going to be like this for a long time. In fact, in the States, I was like talking to some of my agents in the States. The business has gone up in July in in retail. Uh, There are some shipments coming in already. And retail, of course, it's not going to be like how it was before. But they're coming up with uh, some improvements already in terms of inventory. Okay, going back to inventory. Inventory will definitely not be the same. In fact, what I have noticed during this period is that warehousing is needed. Why? Because there are so much inventory that were not able to be distributed due to the lockdown. So they had an overflow of inventory. But of course, from there, there's going to be a need to do distribution. So I am positive that we're going to be busy and not going to stay this way down the line. So even if, let's say, the economy is plunging into recession, I believe that each and every company will be able to contribute to build the business again. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Business World reporter RJ Balinbin speaking with Rosemary Rafael, chair and president of Express Courier Company Airspeed Philippines. A few takeaways from their conversation. Because of the lockdowns and the increased demand for delivery services, a few players have decided to start a price war. This is a war that Ms. Rafael has no interest in joining. She says that, quote, operational excellence cannot be supported if they do not price their services right. The logistics industry is critical regardless of the economic situation. Miss Raphael is hopeful. As long as we're shopping online, she says, there is always going to be a need for delivery. And so logistics providers should invest in tech and figure out how to efficiently track and trace packages without having to do manual work. 
Who knows? Delivery by drone might be in the future. Someone's already doing it. This episode was recorded remotely on August 13. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>